0: Hi guys what the heck is up i feel like it's been so long but it's literally only been a week um or i guess two weeks because i skipped last week uh anyways if you hear any background noise i have ellie the deaf dog with me um for someone that can't hear she makes a lot of sounds but she's on one this morning and so yeah. If you hear any background noise, that's why. Also, if my no- my noise, if my voice still sounds nasally as heck, still kind of got allergies. It still kind of sucks. Um, I'm trying to cover all my bases. I don't know. Thank you for being patient with me last week. My, I literally had no voice. I could not have recorded. Um, but today, I'm here, and it's great. We are going to be talking about the most popular unsolved cases in each state and since they're going to be so many they're all going to be like really short snippets but if you want to do further research on them to be an active true crime listener I highly suggest that you do so um especially like looking up photos of what the people look like that could be super helpful um since I can't put them on here obviously you can't you can't hear photos um but yeah if you want me to do a deep dive into any of these cases just let me know because i'm always looking for case suggestions you can go to my instagram at crocheting crime podcast or my TikTok at crocheting crime podcast and you can just you just type out a little request be like hey cover this cover this one please and i'll be like yes of course i will for you yes um i'm not going to be crocheting anything today because i'm strictly reading like it's a lot of reading um yeah i i don't know i think i think that's really it grab a snack grab a drink and before we get into this actually matthew bought me the killers of the flower moon book um while we were in lawrence this weekend and i'm so excited for this movie to come out you don't even know you don't even know You don't even know but so i'm i'm in the process of reading that i'm only like six pages in because i started it in the car and then i got car sick trying to read it in the car um, and now it's been sitting at my desk for like four days, but I am going to read it and I will let you know how the book is. Um, I don't know if I should do that on the podcast or if I'll just make a separate post about it on my Instagram page, but yes, reading the book, gonna tell you how it is. Um, always send me case suggestions um grab a snack grab a drink and let's let's get right into this so i'm going to be reading the states off in alphabetical order from alabama to wyoming um it's just easier to organize things that way okay i'm a very unorganized thought processed person and i need a plan ellie's staring at me and i swear if she barks i'll set this whole house on fire just kidding um, Alabama. Let's start. Alabama. Good old Alabama. Okay. Alabama's most unsolved case is the case of Sherry Lynn Marler. Um, also, before I get really into this and forget, you guys know me, I'm gonna mispronounce every single word. So, <laughs> oh, there's my voice again. Love that. Um. At 12 years old on June 6 of 1984, Sher- Sherry, not Shelby, Sherry went into town to run errands with her stepfather. They lived in Greenville, Alabama. And while running these errands, he gave Sherry a dollar to run across the street and grab a soda. While he went into the bank to sign a few papers. Um, After 15 minutes in the bank, he walked back to his truck and realized she wasn't there. And that, that's it. They don't have any suspects. It's not funny. I don't know why I laughed. I laughed because it's so short. But... That's, yeah, that's Alabama's case. She just disappeared. Um, Alaska's case is the boat of Craig. This one's spooky. Um, I don't like water. Like, I don't like ships and oceans and lakes and ponds and stuff like that. So anything that has to do with the boat, I'm like, "Mm, count me out. Thank you. But um, Alaska, boat of Craig. Okay. On September 6th, 1982... Eight people were murdered. A man named, Cl- not Clark, Mark Colthurst, his pregnant wife Irene, their two children Kimberly and John, and four teenage deckhands named Chris Haven, Kiawen Moon, and Mike Stewart. Kiawen and Moon didn't get last names, um, but Chris and Mike did. I don't know. They were all found shot to death on the ship called The Investor, or boat, not ship. It was a boat, and it was named The Investor. And it is believed the killer returned the next day to set the boat on fire. And still to this day, it is known as the biggest mass murder in the small fishing town of Craig. Arizona's most unsolved case is, most popular unsolved case, is Pauline Robin Burgett, or Burgett. I think it's Burgett. Um, Chad Burgett was returning home to Phoenix from a vacation with his mother, and he walked in to find that his sister Pauline had been murdered with multiple stab wounds. It was March 12, 1978, and Pauline was just 16 years old. Police say whoever killed her more than likely knew her, and they have DNA evidence that they have yet to match to anyone. That's so crazy to me. Like, they have they have the ability to get DNA, They just haven't found anybody to match it to. That's when I'd be walking down the streets making everybody spit in a tube. I know that's probably not like ethically or morally accepted, but that's what I'd be doing. Ellie, you cannot sit on the leg of the desk. It will make the microphone make funny noises. Got it? She said, I don't care. I'm going to do it more. All right. And then up next, we have Arkansas with Morgan Nicks case. On June 5th, 1995, six-year-old Morgan Nick went to the ballpark with her family in Alma, Arkansas, and an unidentified man was seen driving away with a little girl in a red pickup right around the time that Morgan's mother noticed that she was missing, and to this day, he is the number one suspect. Um, but there have been there have been a ton of leads, um, but none have brought them any closer to Morgan. I remember reading about this case a couple years ago. It's a crazy case. Like, there were so many people around yet nobody saw the man take her and the people that did saw the man take her were like kids so they didn't really know that it was a problem like they knew it was not going to be okay but they didn't know that it was as big of an issue as it was but that's that case. So next we have California with the Zodiac Killer. I think we all know about this case and what it is about i don't yeah you you know um but it is the number one unsolved case in california so i will cover it it's fine between the 60s and 70s the zodiac terrorized the state of california and over these years they claimed the responsibility for up to 37 murders but have only been linked to like five murders and two attempted murders so to this day, even with all the coded messages that the Zodiac killer sent the authorities, their identity is pretty much unknown. Even though they kind of have an idea of who it is. Um, with Colorado, we have John Benet Ramsey. Once again, I think we're all fairly familiar with this name. Um, my friend Hannah and I could literally talk about this case for hours. In fact, when I we did stay up until five a.m. talking about this case, so I'm a bit I'm a bit passionate about it, you know. Um, in my opinion, it should be solved and could be easily solved, but I digress. Um, also my middle name is also Benet. So thanks, mom. Don't know where you got that inspiration from. Hmm. Anyways, JonBenet Ramsey was found dead in the basement of her own home on December 26, 1996. There is a lot of fishy details regarding how she was found and the state of her body in the house. Um... And Also, there's a suspiciously specific ransom note that I can't get into here because you will literally not be able to hear all the other states. So, look it up. Um, and if you want me to do a full episode on John Benet, I will. I have all the information right in my noggin. Um, and next we have Connecticut with Mary Bataraco. Bataraco? I don't know, I'm sorry. On August 19th, 1984, Mary disappeared. Her car was found in the driveway of her own home with the driver's side windows smashed in, but her wedding ring ring and keys were found on the counter of her kitchen. And her husband, Dominic told authorities that they were in the midst of a divorce and Mary took off with $100,000 in exchange for their home. No evidence of the money has ever been found to this day. And Dominic never reported her missing. Sounds like the husband did it. Yeah. Next we have Delaware with, Jane Marie Pritchard. I'm sorry if you hear Ellie breathing. She's, she's being a lot. It's fine. Um, Jane was a graduate student pursuing a master's degree in botany at the University of Maryland. And for research on plants, she would go visit Blackbird State Forest pretty regularly and often alone. And on September 20th, 1986, she was found partially clothed and deceased with a gunshot to the back in that forest. Um, even though the area was thick with hunters, her death was ruled a homicide. And in 1987, a squirrel hunter, for some reason I wanted to say swan, not swan, a squirrel hunter had been taken into custody and questioned, but ultimately got let go when DNA evidence proved that he was innocent. If you want to see what I mean when I say that Ellie is psychotic, um, go to my TikTok and look at the TikTok of me showing off these three bralettes that I just recently made. Um, that whole TikTok was filmed in the span of like 20 seconds. There was no like cuts or anything. And in that span of 20 seconds, Ellie was in three different places of the house doing three different chaotic things. Um, so yeah, go look at that TikTok and then you'll realize what I say, what I mean when I say she's crazy. Um, and also imagine that and trying to film a podcast. It's a lot. But anyways, we're on to Florida. And in Florida, Their most famous unsolved case is the triple murder in Tallahassee. So, Robert, Helen, and Joy Sims were all found bound, gagged, stabbed, and shot in their home in October 22nd of 1966. Over 50 years later, there are still no leads or clues to what happened to this family. That's so sad. Like, there's literally nothing. In Georgia, Vanessa Malone is the most famous case. So, Vanessa Malone also went by Honey... Um, She was 18 in 2012, and she returned home from work one day and told her brother that she was going to go out with friends. So she got ready, got her stuff together, and left. And a short while after this, Vanessa's mom, Flora, heard gunshots coming from the apartment complex next to their apartment complex, and she called Vanessa to make sure she was okay, but she never picked up. So two of Vanessa's friends who lived in that complex said that they were all victims of an armed robbery and that they were tied up and locked in the bathroom while it was happening. And I assume that the killer came in and shot Vanessa or that maybe she tried to escape and they shot her, but killer was never found. That's all. Very sad. In Hawaii, I'm going to butcher this last name and I'm so sorry. It's Lisa Au... At AU it's AU I don't know Lisa was a 19-year-old hairdresser in 1982 and on January 21st she had dinner at her boyfriend's sister's house and set off to go home hours later her car was found parked along the highway in Kailua Kailua K A I L U A Kailua I don't know and her body was found 10 days later um witnesses say that they saw her car pull up pull over not pull up pull over in front of a car with flashing blue lights and that it could have been someone impersonating a police officer and because of this case in hawaii they're not allowed to use blue lights anymore they have to use like the regulated blue and red lights i think um but they're not allowed to use just regular like one colored lights because they're easy to impersonate very cool Like I said in previous episodes, it sucks that we have to have something bad happen to fix problems that should be fixed before something bad happens, but that is the way the world turns and you can't change it. You can't change it. In Illinois, no, in Idaho, we have five people murdered and one killer. So the border between Idaho and Washington is called the Lewiston-Clarkston metropolitan area. I think it's kind of funny because it's like Lewin Clark, Lewin. Lewis and Clark, but they changed it to Lewiston and Clarkston. Funny. Um, and this is a location known for a series of murders and disappearances. Between 1979 and 1982, five people went missing. And one of these or of these five people were Christina Nelson, Jacqueline Miller, Kirsten David. And those are all the bodies that have been found. But Stephen Pearsall and Christina White remain missing and are presumed dead so in illinois we have jacqueline doweliby doweliby in 1988 jacqueline was taken from her bed as she slept someone had broken into her Midl- midlothian midlothian home basement window and found their way to her bedroom a week after her kidnapping her body was found in blue island illinois with a rope tied around her neck and the rope was later to deter later determined that it came from her family's garage. So her family was brought to trial because of the suspicious circumstances, but they were acquitted due to insufficient evidence. In Indiana, we have the Lasalle, Lasalle street murders. Um, on December 1st, 1971, three men were found dead inside the 1318 North La Salle street. <laughs> I need to go. Do not bark at me. It is quiet time. We are quiet. We do not... No. We do not bark. There's no barking. No. I hope you can hear her barking or it just sounds like I'm talking to a ghost. Um, yes. I need to go to a pronunciation class. We've already known this. Anyways, these men were Robert Henson, James C. Barker, and Robert Gears. The Indianapolis Police Department Captain Robert Snow claimed that the reason this case went unsolved is due to the amount of suspects they had. They couldn't narrow it down to just one, so they didn't end up solving the case at all. Some cases get solved with no suspects. Do better. Iowa. In Iowa, we have the double homicide of 1983. I almost said 63. It's 83. Melissa Gregory was 17, and her boyfriend, Stephen Fisher, was 20 when they were bludgeoned to death on a ranch in Newton, Iowa. 30 years later, Stephen's ex-wife was arrested and tried for first-degree murder, but was found not guilty in 2015, and to this day, there are no other leads. I believe she did it. I don't know any of the clues, but I believe she did it. I don't know. Sounds sus to me. Ew, I cannot believe I just said sus. Unironically. Anyways in kansas we have the case of kelly lynn albright kelly disappeared in 1970 and four days later was found stabbed 18 times she was 12 at the time of her death and was found in a field in reno county which actually is the county that i grew up in so that's that's spooky um it was also suspected that she had been sexually assaulted and glenn davis was a family friend and was the main suspect in the case but all the evidence was circumstantial so he was never convicted for this case but he ended up being arrested and charged with av- aggravated indecent liberties with a child in 1995 and died in prison before authority- authorities could question him further about Kelly's case. Crazy. In sweet old Kentucky, we have the case of Betty Gale Brown. So Betty was found strangled to death in, or with her own bra in her car in front of the Transylvania College's Old Morrison Building. She was 19 when the murder took place on October 27th, 1961. And in 1965, a man confessed to the crime saying that he had done it in a drunken state, but the jury didn't believe him. So he was never charged. And because of her case, an urban legend of the Lexington boogeyman was formed, but the killer wasn't linked to multiple cases. It was just linked to this one. So I think the people in the town were just bored, but what do I know? I'm just little old me from Kansas. Ellie, you are not the mascot of this channel, channel, this podcast. I need you to pipe down. You can't even hear. You can't hear. In Louisiana, we have the Jennings Eight. So eight women from the Jefferson State, no, Jefferson Davis Parish, were all found dead between 2005 and 2009. They were all found in swamps and canals around Jennings, Louisiana, but with different causes of death. Um, Because of deputies' mishandlings of the case and a ton of lost evidence, the case went unsolved. A detective on the case also bought a truck from a friend of one of the victims and was seen in it the day the victim disappeared. So, due to this and a lot of other sketchy situations, it is assumed that the police were involved and were trying to cover it up. We love police cover ups. The victims' names were, in order, Loretta Lewis, Ernstine Marie Daniels, Kristen Gary Lopez, Whitney Dubois, Laconia Brown, Crystal Shea Benoit-Zeno, Brittany Gary, and Nicole Guillory. Sad. I'm so bad at transitioning between these cases. I'm like, and, yeah. But here's Maine. (laughs) So, Mary Catherine Olinchuk is the most popular unsolved case in Maine. Mary was 13 when she was found dead with a rope around her neck. She was found on August 22nd in a barn in Kinnebuk- Uh Witnesses say that they saw her standing next to a maroon car being driven by a man in his 30s on August 9th, 1970. And the place where she was found was about a 20-minute drive from her home. And that's about all to this case. So, she was seen talking to a man on August 9th and then August 22nd is when her body was found. Sorry, I had to take a short break to let Miss Def Barker out and then when we were outside, one of the other apartment complex or apartment owners dogs uh, was outside and Ellie Ellie does not do well with other dogs and so I like swooped her up and then the other dog came over and was like running in circles around me. And then I was trying to hold Ellie back and Ellie was growling and the owner was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, you're fine. It's just really intense right now, but we're back and it's fine. And Ellie should be quiet now. But Maryland is Carolyn Wasilewski, also known as Carolyn Wells. (laughs) She was 14 and she was the oldest of seven siblings. She was found in a rail yard by a train worker and not far from her home were some bloodstains and personal items belonging to her. When she was found the name Paul was written on her thigh and lipstick and seven days before her murder she testified in a case about sexual assault involving one of her friends. So I think we all can kind of know what happened but when I was looking into her case um just a little bit just to get a short snippet for this episode the picture that they have of her makes her look like a grown woman. Like I know that it was uh when was it oh it doesn't even say when it was okay well it was like in the 60s I think 60s or 70s but she was 14 okay go look at her picture on her case like just just look up her name look up Carolyn Wasilewski <laughs> and look at her picture and tell me that she does not look like a 30 year old woman but I digress and now we're on to Massachusetts with Lizzie Borden oh, oh my gosh okay so this one's pretty popular And it actually has a little riddle to it that goes something like, uh, Lizzie Borden took an ax and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41 or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. try again. It's suspected that Lizzie murdered her stepmother and father with an ax in their home in 1892, but there was never enough evidence or a great way to collect evidence really. Um, and she was acquitted in 1893, just a year after. Um, there were rumors that her uncle and the housemaid were also involved, and it's a really big case to talk about in this short little snippet that I've given myself, but it's super interesting and actually one of my favorite cases, so you should definitely look into it or tell me to do an entire episode on it because for some reason I needed external validation for everything I do in my life, even on my own podcast. That's for therapy, not you guys. Okay. I'm really sorry that you just had to listen to that. <laughs> in Michigan, we have the babysitter killer. So the babysitter killer was responsible for four abductions, sexual assaults, and murders between 17, nope, 1976 and 1977. After the killer would murder the kids, they would clean their clothes and arrange their bodies in shocking displays on the streets of the metro Detroit area for people to discover. I also just almost gave the killer he, him pronouns, and that's super dumb of me because the killer is unknown, so therefore their pronouns are unknown. Um, so if I've ever done that before... I'm sorry if I've ever assumed the sex of someone before on my cases that I cover. I'm sorry. And sometimes I suck too. Um, in Minnesota, we have Mary. You already know why I'm pausing because I don't know how to say her last name. Schloss? S C H A. No. S C H L A I S. Schloss? Schleiss? i'm not sure but in the town of springbrook township which sounds like a fairy tale town like what um in this in 1974 mary was found stabbed to death she had been stabbed 15 times and a witness came forward claiming that they saw a man throw her body into the ditch that she was later recovered from police had linked her death to randall woodfield who yes was the i-5 killer Randall was linked to over 40 murders, but never confessed, or he only ever confessed to one, and it is serving a life sentence. And I'm pretty sure he used to be a Green Bay Packer. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's him. Okie dokie. So now we're on to Mississippi, and the most um, popular, the most popular unsolved case is the case of Flint Lee. So in August of 2009, Flint Lee disappeared from Simpson County. Later, his body was found floating in Strong River, and his truck was discovered with bullet holes all over it. It also had been set on fire and pushed down into a small creek. Based on evidence at the scene and a trail of blood leading off of a bridge, police think that he was killed and then thrown over the bridge into the water below. Three people ended up being caught and arrested for this murder, but without damning proof, they were let go, and the case remains cold to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So we hour in missouri <laughs> i told you i don't know how to transition these things okay missouri we have a little jane doe first off i hate jane and john doe cases i literally have nightmares about them whenever i read about them second it's worse when they're little kids it's so much worse when they're little kids so on february 28th 1983 a little girl's body was discovered in st louis i almost said st louis because of one direction um a little girl's body was discovered in st louis but her head was missing when the police discovered the body of this little girl in an abandoned building they assumed that it was the body of a sex worker later that day no not later that day later in the case they made the horrifying discovery and that can i speak english like just once in my life that's all i'm asking is to just speak a fluent sentence of english They made the horrifying discovery that the body belonged to a little girl between the ages of 8 and 11. At the time of this case, the FBI had never dealt with the victim so young being decapitated, and to this day, the killer and victim have both never been identified. That's so freaking sad. Like, I hate John and Jane Doe cases, and I hate when they're little kids. I'm pretty sure there's another pretty popular um little jane doe case in kansas city i think for some reason i feel like my grandpa told me about a little baby's body being found in the parking lot at arrowhead stadium i may have dreamed this like i said i have nightmares about jane and john doe cases but So that was Missouri which is the 25th state in the alphabet and I'm gonna be a sneaky little sneaker and make this the end of part one. You can't see it but I'm evilly tapping my fingers together. Um yeah I'm gonna split this up into two parts because I feel like if I did all of the states it it would just be really long and really bad. Um but as I end this episode I just want to say that scrolling through the website of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and other website websites like that for adults, um, it's so much more progressive than you think. Like reading the stories while having that photo to look at locks a memory deep in your brain that you don't even know that you have until the time is right. For example. The other day i was looking at a mugshot of a man who was just arrested for kidnapping a little girl and the police caught him right before he's about to literally go down to his basement and murder her really sad case um i'm pretty sure his name is james codwell i know his name's james but i cannot remember how to pronounce his last name but it's james either Codwell or cod Claudwell codwell the second look it up you'll find him but his face just looked so familiar to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. And then after further research, I realized that he was also being looked into for the Delphi murders, which is when it clicked in my brain that the sketches that I had studied in the Delphi case were still deep in the back of my little peanut brain. And I was able to look at the man, the James man, and realize that they looked alike. So even about, even even me, even little old me, I was able to be like, hmm. look like but just imagine if you looked at pictures also you could also try to match people up in your brain but maybe you don't want to and that's fine too um i'm just a little wired different in my head but enough about me you guys rock thank you for being patient with me last week thank you for being patient with me every freaking week um i hope you enjoyed today's cases uh next week i'll have the rest of the cases all the way through wyoming did you know that's the last case in the alphabet um but yeah stay safe um i know that the cdc said that we don't have to wear masks anymore but if you're not vaccinated please wear your mask uh the pandemic is still raging still going on also be staying up to date with the stuff that's happening in palestine palestine oh my god that's embarrassing Um, how do you say it? Wow. I love being an American and being uneducated on anything that happens outside of America. But stay up to date. Um, stay on top of things. Send good vibes. Send prayers if you do that. Um, yes. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Care for those around you. You don't know what's happening in people's brains as they walk through life every day. Uh... And always remember to lock your doors and not talk to creepy men. Because there's a lot of them out there. Okay. I love you guys. Peace be with you. I'm doing the Hunger Games three finger thing, but you can't see. Okay, goodbye.